1: piece of business that's happening right now in racing the ben mellum case once the spring carnival is over is going to be a very very big one and there's been an interesting development today damian ratcliffe the chief racing writer of the age has been good enough to join us tonight here on time on uh, damo good evening hello jack how are you hey i'm good um things got a little bit interesting today with ben Mallam. it won't completely change the case but tell us about the the change in terms of jockeys punting overseas
0: yeah, it's a, it's a little twist. Uh, the the Malham's defence uh, for one of the charges and charge five of, uh, of his charge sheet was that he allegedly betted on races uh, that were held in Singapore. Well, Judge John Bowman of the Victorian Racing Tribunal decided today that the Australian rules of racing do not cover uh, international jurisdiction. So, therefore, that charge has been term- determined invalid, which uh, my read of it is it opens the doors for Australian jockeys to actually bet on international races without uh, without fear of persecution. In another twist that is, is uh, somewhat embarrassing to Judge Bowman, um, he was made aware of the decision he made in 2016 when he was chair of the Racing Appeals and Disciplinary Board. Um, he found Liam Riordan guilty of uh, betting on a race at Deauville in France, mm. uh, yeah, the young apprentice had $20 on a race there and was hit with a, uh, uh, I think it was a 12-month suspended sentence, but he copped three weeks. Or so it might have been six months suspended, but he copped three weeks and had to undergo counselling. Um, he's apologised in his uh, findings today and, and has um, he's said that that decision in 2016 was actually incorrect.
1: So does this? I mean, Liam Redden, you just spoke about there. Are there any other cases similar, or, or I guess that the extension to it is: does, does this open the door for jockeys to start to punt overseas?
0: That well, might be a good question for our mate David Taggart. I'm <laughs> sure he would have loved to have uh, he would have loved to have had a punt back in the day because uh, we all know he was a, a champion jockey over in Macau for a little while. But um, it, it's it's very interesting. The stewards actually used that decision as part of their argument to say, well, you, you found uh, Riordan guilty of this in 2016. We believe that the rules um, prevent jockeys from betting at, at, in any jurisdiction, but um, uh, he's decided, no, the Australian rules of racing are to protect Australian racing and protect the integrity of our sport here, and, and the rules aren't to, aren't um, in the interest of other jurisdictions. So, um, yeah, it's certainly, um, certainly an interesting case that, there are a number of charges that Mellon's still due to face in November and he's certainly not off the, the hook yet, but um, mm. he has no guilty to all of those charges.
1: Yeah, and today's things, uh, today's findings might change things a little bit. Can we jump ahead to the Guineas if we can? What, what are you making this Ole Kirk favourite uh, with most bookmakers at around the $5 mark? And things changed a little bit when Glenn Fiddick was taken out.
0: Yeah, a bit disappointing, actually, because I think Glen Fiddick was uh, probably the form Victorian horse. He won the Stutt Stakes at uh, Moonee Valley a couple of weeks ago, which is always a good lead-up. And we're sort of left with Ole Kirk, who's the winner of the Golden Rose. If, if rain continues, uh, Ole Kirk didn't really handle the West mm. as a two-year-old. So that would be a knock on the horse. And then you've got Tagaloa, who won the Blue Diamond, and then King's Legacy, who was a two-time Group One winner as a as a two-year-old as well. So certainly those are... Uh, those three horses at the top of the, the saddlecloth,
1: they're, they're the ones to beat. From a tag point of view, I read some interesting comments from Natalie Young on Monday, I reckon it was, Damo, where she said just do, do not disregard this horse. Last start was, was reasonable without being superb in the Rupert Clark Stakes, but she feels like this, this horse has got more gears to go up to.
0: Well, he certainly came through a different form line, racing against the older horses at, at Group 1 level, as you said, and Ever since, um, or even before the Golden Slip, uh, the Blue Diamond win, uh, the, the Natalie Young and and Trent Bussen and team have been talking about this horse as a as a miler and um, even nominated for the Cox Plate. So as a as a son of Lord Tanaloa, who was a champion middle distance horse uh, in Japan, uh, this, this horse is bred to get over some ground. So they've, they've set uh, their whole campaign on on these Caulfield Guineas and. Uh sure, he's drawn barrier three. Craig Williams picks up the ride from Michael Walker and he'll certainly be competitive on, on
1: Saturday. Uh, just before I let you go, Thousand Guineas, the race before, which for for those playing along is about 3.50 at Melbourne time on Saturday. Hungry Heart comes to Melbourne, just got Pip late in the flight stakes. What are you expecting from this horse? Chris Wallace? really, really confident going into Saturday.
0: Yeah, my only question mark with... Uh, with Hungry Heart and Vangelic comes out of the five stakes as well, is they went so fast in that race and it was who was the least tired late. And you saw Montefilia come over the back because she had the, the easiest run in the early section and, and the ones up front just, just were tired from mm. running so fast. So the, the question mark this week for me is, well, Chris Wallace accepted, but he sort of said he wasn't going to race unless the horse had pulled up well if she has pulled up well, then you take Chris Waller on trust that, that she's going to be right to run here. And, and yes, on, on class, she's uh, she's the one to beat.
1: We'll be watching that all-important forecast between now and Saturday, won't we? If today was anything to go by, it could if the if it gets wetter and wetter, it could change things significantly.
0: Yeah, for most horses except for Russian Camelot, who's yeah. one of the sticks in the Caulfield Stakes, and the more rain, the better for him, because yep. I think his main danger is Humidor, and Humidor's a few lengths... Um, Few lengths worse off on a soft track, so um, I think he's he might be a dollar fifty, a dollar sixty, and and if he wins a pre- impressively here, well, uh, his next target's the, the Cox Plate, and he's the one to beat there
1: too. Yeah, he's the buzz horse of the of the spring. If he if he gets up and continues on this path, no doubt about it. Damo, thanks for your time tonight, and appreciate the update on Ben Mallam.
0: Any time, mate.
1: Good punting this weekend. No, we'll try. We gave a fair, right. b- we gave a fair bit back last week, so we'll see if we can uh, we'll see if we can improve our luck this week. Damien Ratcliffe joining us, the chief racing rider of the age. We'll come back after this and catch you up with some of the other stuff that you've missed from across the day, and we'll recap a couple of the main stories.